And as we enter here to pushing the A with the Cold War kids as we begin the Cold War. We take a moment here to reflect on how far we've come from just that little scrappy little chapter 11 podcast to almost blessedly being done with the second to last period. There's only really one more slew pushing the A coming out unless Morgan decides to divide up the test again like she did this period, but I doubt it. Um, there's some gaps in the knowledge. I think it's okay. If you're looking for 32 and 33, I can always teach you about them. But then again, I don't think too many people are listening to this anyways. All right. Is it time for some Cold War stuff? I think it's time for some Cold War stuff. All right. Let's uh, let's get to that. Okay. Um, general theme of this period, relations are getting worse with the USSR, um, and memories of the Depression are slowly fading away. Truman, who is your average guy, didn't go to college, fought in World War One, failed as a haberdasher, haberdasher, um, too loyal to his friends from Missouri, um, gets confident quickly, sends these letters, these SLB letters to his critics, um, and he will stick to a notion even if it's incorrect. Um, but he's authentic, he's got moxie, this is the buck stops here, no pretension, uh, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, um, I'm Gordon Ramsay and I approve this message. Um, there, with the rise of the Soviet Union, um, there are these questions that rise with Europe and Asia, um, so before the war ends, specifics don't come until peace times, but before the war ends, and then February 1945, the Yalta Conference, um, which is the final meeting of the Big Three, um, which is basically comes to the conclusion that we have to beat the living bejesus out of the Germans, um, and they are going to divide it up into eight occupation zones for the victors. Um, the Russians also make the concessions that Poland and Bulgaria and Romania can be democracies. Um, and then the Russians come within three months of the German fall to take them for themselves. Um, Russia also takes, um, uh, let's see, half of Sakharin, um, and the Kuri Islands, and more importantly in Manchuria to take railroads and seaports, um, two of them in Manchuria, um, which is big. Um... If you're against the Alta Conference, um, you think that the Russians weren't needed to finish out the war and that you screwed over China, um, and Tiang Chesi, Tiang, boy, oh boy, this is going to be a rough episode. Um, morale is lost in China and communism is on the rise. Um, if you're for it, um, maybe the Russians ask for more, um, and you avoid war with the Russians over this stuff, and you just get out of the way. So... The world order is very quickly becoming uh, a setup for an American-Soviet uh, set-down, set uh, showdown, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, 
capitalism versus communism. I mean, the Americans and the Soviets were never going to be friends. The Americans took 16 years to recognize the Bolshevik uh, government, which is radical communist. Um, they delayed the second front. Uh, the, the USSR was left to have talks on nuclear weapons. Um, Soviets lost a whole lot of men. Um, they denied $6 billion worth of loans to Russia, comparable to $3 billion to the British. Um, Stalin also really wants uh, the security of the USSR and a friendly Western influence, um, a friendly West to him and influence on that friendly West. Um, both of them are isolationists trying to export their political philosophy. Uh, to the Americans, it looked like the USSR is trying to build an empire and trying to start a world revolution. Um, and they want an open world. Um, the two don't know how to deal with each other. They are awkward middle schoolers um, with a crush on each other, but they just can't figure it out. Suspicion rises. One thing leads to another, and we have a good old-fashioned Cold War. Um... With the post-war world, the United States really wants an open world, so they signed the Atlantic Charter, um, which basically is self-determination and trade for every country in the world. Um, at the Britain Woods Conference, at the Bretton Woods Conference in New Hampshire, um, they established two really important um, economic um, economic groups. One is the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which regulates currency exchange rates and encourages world trade. Um, the other is the World Bank uh, for economic development and war-hit countries uh, giving economic help to world to war-hit countries. Um, there's also the General Agreement on Trade and Tariff, um, the GATT, um, which basically says it's time to lower barriers and raise globalization. Um, the United States takes the lead on... Um, the World Bank and the IMF, um, so they can position the world order, and for that reason, the USSR stays out. At the UN conference in 1945, um, in April 1945, um, they make the decision to establish a new League of Nations before the war ends to capitalize on the spirit and to separate it from any possible treaty. So at the San Francisco Opera House, uh, 50 countries signed the United Nations Charter, the United States leads, Russia is involved, vetoes are present, you cannot attack the Security Council, which is a big five, which is, I believe, Russia, United States, England, France, and one more, don't know, um, without consent. Um, and also, there's a new General Assembly, which smaller countries can control. Um, the Senate approves the 89-2, comparing that to the League of Nations in the 1920s. Um, which didn't even make it through because it safeguards United States sovereignty and freedom of action. Um, keeping up the UN theme. Uh, the UN sets up in New York City and they negotiate peace in Iran and Kashpril, Kash, Kash. You know, let's, let's look up because I can't read my... Kash, Kashmir, it's an M. I was about to say I've never heard of Kashpro. And um, they help with the establishment of Israel. Um, good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. They start UNESCO, which is the United States Education, Science, and Culture Organization, and the Food and Agricultural Organization, and the World Health Organization. They're helping people. Um, the, United States, the United Nations has a chance to um, denuclearize the world. Um, and... The United States says, let's have a UN agency to oversee all nuclear weapons, and they don't, um, no one can veto it. 
Uh, and the USSR says, no one should have nuclear weapons, period. And Truman says, no, we want nuclear weapons. Screw this. Veto everything. And then everyone arms, and it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, whoa, what was that? Um, with Germany, everyone can agree on one thing, and that is Nazism needs to stop. Um, that's pretty much all they can agree on. Um, the leaders were punished at the Nuremberg War Crimes Trial between 1945 and 1946. 22 Nazi officials are tried. 12 die, 7 go to jail, um, and the remaining 3 kill themselves. There are also some lesser Nazi officials that are tried. Um, however, the big questions are with the land. Um, the USSR wants to dismantle their industry and then take reparations to really cripple them. Um, but the Allies know that European health relies on a strong Germany, which is very true today. And the um, land that Austria and Germany occupied is divided into four pieces for the Big Four. The USSR really wants reparations. The West says no. The USSR then really tightens its control on Eastern Germany. The West um, is really interested in reunification. Um, eventually, West Germany gets its independence. Um, however, East Germany and Poland and Hungary become USSR satellite states, uh, isolated behind the Iron Curtain. Um, Berlin is in four pieces because it is a capital city, and that's just the way it is. Um, the USSR cuts off the railroad to sort of drive the West out and sort of try and take more control over Berlin, um, and the railroad that's bringing supplies into Berlin. Um, and then the Berlin, it becomes a symbolic issue, the Berlin airlifts occur, um, and the USSR lifts some control over the area um deepening cold war stalin decides that um he really wants iran's oil um so he breaks an agreement um that he would remove his troops from the area um and he starts a rebellion truman says stop it he does um the whole thing's taking a psychological war about the united states on the united states who's really unhappy not to have um any partners um so, in 1947, George Keenan comes up with this idea called the Containment Doctrine, which is basically the Russians are going to expand cautiously. So the name of the game is to contain them, make sure everything they do is super cautious. Truman agrees with it. Um, he calls it something sexier. He calls it the Get Tough on Russia policy. Um, when you look at the economies of other European states, such as Greece and Turkey, there's no protection for them. Um, so to contain Russia, the United States decides to give about $500 million, $400 million of aid for the two. Um, and really, they open the aid door for the world. Um, and they turn it into a decision. Are you going to be pro-America or pro-Soviet Union? Um, they're trying to make the USSR scarier for everyone. And they're also ending the long tradition of isolationism in America. Oh my god, there's so much more, and it's 12.10 a.m. Okay. Marshall Plan. Um, in Western European, there are these tons of economic problems, um, and communism does have this legit chance of taking over. So Truman and his Secretary of State, George Marshall, sit down um, and come up with these joint economic recovery plans funded by the U.S., also known as the Marshall Plan, which is inspiring hope. Uh, they offer it to a lot of countries. They also offer it to the USSR in exchange for some political reforms. 
um, and the accepting of American control. They make it hard for them to accept because they want the overall thing to succeed. Um, overall, America gives around $12.5 billion over four years to 18 countries, uh, in addition to $12 billion to um, the United States, the United States, the United Nations alone. Congress is sort of iffy on this uh, until there's a coup in the Czech Republic, um, and they decide, you know what, it's not worth having um, communism in all of Europe, especially Italy and France, as the European economy gets worse. What if what happens in the Czech Republic happens in the rest of the world? Um, the other thing is America needs oil. Um, however, uh, the new Arab oil states are very anti-Israel, um, which the United States recognized on May, four, May 14th, 1945, from the standpoint of we're not interested in any more Holocaust, um, and they also tie Israel pretty definitively to America. Um, in the Cold War, um, you know, the idea of disarmament came up after World War II, like it did after World War I, didn't really work. Um, so the Armed Services Unified, the National Security Act, um, as well as the Department of Defense are established in 1948, um, and they go live in the Pentagon with the Secretary of Defense and the civil secretaries of the Navy and the Army and the, um, Air Force all get together and become the Joint Chiefs, um, National Security Council established the CIAs as well. Um, the Voice of America is a radio station that broadcasts through the USSR, and the United States is moving towards a war footing again. Uh, they make some reforms to the draft. Um, and as this is all happening, the Western European democracies are unifying. So the British and the French and the Belgian and the Netherlands and the UK um, overall. Um, have created a defensive alliance, um, and they are inviting the United States. The United States, instead of going against uh, tradition and isolation, um, they decide that it's worth it to help the Germans recover and help to confine the Soviet Union, and they start the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, NATO, um, and they say an attack on one is an attack on all. It's signed into existence in 1949. 82-13 is the vote in the Senate. Um, Later on, Germany, or not Germany, Greece, Turkey, and West Germany are all invited in and joined. Looking in Asia, the United States basically has keys to all of Japan, um, to much to the protest of the USSR, um, and they democratize it. Um, they try the war crimes, 21, 25 people die or are jailed. Japan cooperates, they want American occupation to end quickly. So in 1946, MacArthur installs a constitution that lowers militarism, increases the role of women in democracy, um, and pretty soon, Japan will be a power that challenge, uh, power that challenges America um, and is on power with them. Um, in China, a national communist civil war is occurring. The United States sort of half-heartedly is supporting the nationalists, but Mao, Mao Zedong, who's the communist leader, takes over the nationalists, flee to Taiwan, where they remain to this day. Um, and suddenly, America is dealing with 500 million new communists. Um, the Republicans are pissed at Truman for letting it happen. In September 1949, much to everyone's surprise, faster than anyone thought it could possibly happen, uh, the USSR explodes an atom bomb. Um, so Truman orders an H-bomb. Oppenheimer and Einstein are against it, but nonetheless, they explode the first one at Bikini Atoll. The Soviets counter in 1953. Usually assured destruction becomes something that people spend a lot of time thinking about. 
How do you solve a problem like Korea? Um, in June 1950, the Americans and the USSR both want a reunified Korea, which is split on the 39th parallel. Um, and Truman basically says, um, we need to contain anything coming from the northern part of Korea, which is the communist part, to stop communist, uh, stop communism. So the north and the south are rivals, are suspicious of each other, and in 1950, the North Koreans with the USSR tanks attack South Korea. Thusly, the armies expanded America. The National Security Council puts out Memo 68, also known as NSC 68, uh, that increases defense spending by fourfold, um, adds 3.5 million soldiers, and spends $150 billion on defense because the economy can now bear it. Um, the UN condemns North Korea, the USSR... Um, leaves they say it's time for peace um no the united nations says it's time for peace the ussr is not in the united nations at that time so truman lends its air and its navy to south korean troops um the korean war occurs um macarthur uh leads uh british and canadian un policing troops which are really american troops um korea i just met a girl named korea macarthur um MacArthur's forces land at Incheon, uh, and they force North Korea behind the 38th parallel. Um, so they now call the border the 38th parallel. The United States will cross it if China and the USSR decide to stay out. So then China says, we know it. we got to protect our friends, our communist friends. We're in. And they put in 10,000 volunteers um, into North Korea. MacArthur says... Um, Fine, we'll be okay. A stalemate occurs at the 38th, and he thinks it's time to bomb Manchuria, blockade China, and nuke the front lines. Truman says it's the wrong war at the wrong time, that they need to focus on Europe. MacArthur is angry. He's removed. He's a hero once he gets homes. home. Um, there are truce talks, and they fail miserably. Okay, looking on the home front. Um, an anti-red chase is really, and by anti-red I mean anti-communist chase, is really occurring in the U.S. Um, everyone thinks spies are everywhere. Um, the attorney general releases a list of disloyal organizations, about 90 of them, uh, and they investigate 3 million federal employees by, that's the loyalty review board, and about 3,000 federal employees lose their jobs, um, and they have to take loyalty oaths, um, as do teachers, bearing the question, can freedom exist in a cold war? Um, in 1949, 11 communists are tried for the Smith Act. 1948, they're convicted. Dennis versus U.S. upholds it. In 1938, the Congress, uh, specifically the Conservative Coalition, establishes HUAC, the House on American Activities Commission. Um, and Richard Nixon, the young one, goes after Alger Hiss, who is a young New Dealer. Um, and Hiss demands his light, his right to a defense. He fights with Nixon. Um, and he goes to prison, caught up in sort of some part of a lie. When the USSR gets a bomb, everyone assumes that um, American spies gave them the secrets. Um, so Julius and Ethel Rosenberg are executed. Their innocences believe they're the only Americans ever to be executed for espionage at peacetime. Um, there's some serious backlash on this. Um, there may have been some spies. There's some evidence that they were involved in this. Um, but it was really a symbolic fight. Like, it didn't matter if they were involved or not, because the whole thing was a symbolic fight against communism and social change. As states began to fight against communism in the 1950s and late 40s, they were also beginning to fight against civil freedoms and sex freedoms and um, textbooks that they deemed to be communist. And 
and, you know, homosexual people and debtors. And Truman says, you know what, enough. This is like we're going after everything we don't like and calling it communism. He vetoes the McCarran Internal Security Bill, which basically says anyone can be arrested in an internal security emergency. Um, it's passed over his veto. Joe McCarthy, who's a Republican senator from Wisconsin, um, accuses the Department of State of having 205 communists, um, a number that later gets downgraded to 157, which later gets downgraded to zero. Um, it's a product of suspicion and fear. Republicans like it. Uh, they want to increase the impression that Moscow is everywhere. Um, the Democrats uh, and General Marshall are targeted as are writers, actors, politicians. Um, in these purge, this is called McCarthyism from low below Joe. Um, by the end of it all, McCarthy is basically running the Department of State's personnel department. He purges a lot of Asian specialists, which really hurts in Vietnam. Okay, coughing, coming. <coughs> um, McCarthy then goes after the army, and he is disproved in the army McCarthy hearings. He dies, he leaves a legacy um, of crazy skepticism. The Cold War, as it turns out, was a very religious affair. You know, it's the religious, pious capitalists versus the atheist, hippie communists. Um, and good versus evil. Reinhold Niebuhr, who is a member of the clergy, calls it children of light versus children of darkness. Um, but he also thinks that a realist response needs to occur, but he also thinks that power is bad. Um, radicals all around on either side are muzzled. Um, unless you're McCarthy, I guess. And racial justice is kept down in this time because they're worried just about everything ties back to communism somehow um to look better the united states passes executive order 9481 that desegregates the military they also had under god to the pledge of allegiance just in case people weren't feeling pious enough all right like six or seven more cards here um moving to the economy um Directly after, the economy's uncertain, no one's having kids, there's depression, there's a sex depression, soldiers are going unemployed, um, the conservatives are really anti-labor, the, the gross national product's going down as prices go up, strikes are occurring where people just are saying, we can't afford what we make. In 1947, the Taft-Hartley Act passes, um, which says there are no more union shops, unions are liable for any dispute, um, and people have to take a non-communist oath. Uh, labor tries to organize in the South to counter this move um, to sort of get parts of Congress back. Um, CIO starts Operation Dixie. Racial mingling fears prevent success from occurring. The service sector is also hard to organize. Um, labor peaks in the 1950s. War factories are sold off. And um, the Employment Act of 1946 is sort of the first real attempt at helping the economy from Congress post-war. Um and this is this idea that the government should promote maximum employment um, and production and purchasing power. So they established a council of economic advisors um, and the service, and that helps more people get jobs somehow. I'm not totally sure. The Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1946, also known as the GI Bill, um, which is basically saying if the markets can't absorb soldiers, then let's give them some money, 52, 20 club, 52 weeks a year, 20 bucks. Um, they send soldiers to school, um, tech, technical school and vocational school and universities, which is about a $14.5 billion 
endeavor. Um, the Veterans Administration is also added, and they give about $10 billion worth of loans out for farms and homes and um, nurture expedition is what it says there. I don't believe I wrote that. <laughs> Um, in 1946, the Republicans take Congress. Uh, in 1948, they nominate Dewey. The Democratic Democratic Party nominates uh, Harry Truman. Uh, they almost draft Eisenhower to run. They don't. Um, and their catchphrase is mild about Harry. Um, the Progressive Party, which is some amalgamation of liberals and communists, um, nominates uh, the former VP Henry Wallace. Um... The South is very annoyed about civil rights, um, and so their party splits. The Southern Dems go to Birmingham, rename themselves the Dixiecrats real quick, and they nominate Governor uh, Thurman from South Carolina, who runs on a states' rights platform. Um, Wallace really is running on a Soviet-friendly platform. Uh, Dewey thinks he has it locked up. Truman doesn't have a lot of support, doesn't have a lot of money, so he takes a train around the country. Um, but... Even so, a newspaper thinks that it's so locked up for Dewey that they put up that line, Dewey defeats Truman. Truman wins out in the end, uh, 303-189, with the help of farmers and workers and African-Americans who help give Congress back to the Democratic Party. Um, at his inauguration, his fourth point um, is that the United States needs to lend money to underdeveloped countries to help them help themselves and keep them from becoming communists, mainly in Africa and Latin America and other places developing quickly. Um, he also calls for a fair deal, which is housing, help, and employment, and national health care and a minimum wage. The uh, Southern Democrats and Republicans stop everything but the minimum wage um, and the Housing Act of 1949, as well as the Social Security Act of 1950. All right, getting getting closer, getting closer. Um, the gross national product is going up after uh, really direct end of the war, and from that you can see pretty much a direct entrance into a two-decade economic boom where the national income goes up by threefold in the 50s, twofold in the 60s. Um, and it's worth $1 trillion by 1975. It's 40% of the money in the world. Um, it's Not all Americans are getting some help, but the majority are. People's politics change, so they're more concerned with social mobility and civil rights and Medicare. Um, and international leadership is important to them, so people are more conscious of the world, but at the same time, they're not at all as they go for insane luxury as new members of the middle class, which has doubled from its pre-1929 size. 60% um, of Americans have houses and cars and televisions. Um, house, Amer percentage of Americans with a house goes from 60% goes from 40% in 1920. Um, women go to work in offices and shops, um, and they pick up most of the new jobs, and they make up half of the workforce by 1990 compared to 25% before World War II. Um, so World War II um, really made a new beginning for factories and the American economy. Um, the... Um, United States is dominated by military spending, um, and 
you know, Korea is helping with that. Defenses like 10% of the GMP and in um, side industries like aero, aeroplanes, aero, air, um, and plastics and electricity um, and research and development. Um, they also need some energy um, for this. The Middle East is giving them some low-priced petrol, and so they get the energy for cheap. So two times the oil from before the war is used after the war, and they make highways and air conditioning um, and electric grids from oil and gas and coal. Um, also, you have, as the quality of life improves, more Americans going to school. So more 90% of school-age Americans are in school in 1970, pre-war, maybe half were. So productivity goes up in the workplace about 3% per year. Um, the standard of life goes up, um, basically doubles between 1945 and 1970. Um People are just making more stuff, two times the stuff per hour. Um, by the time income, when the income increase stops correlating with um, an increase in production, that's when um, this massive period of growth ends, but that's not for a while. Um, the basic economic structure of the country changes. People begin leaving agricultural industries as it becomes more of an agribusiness industry where fertilizers and mechanizations um, basically make one farm worker able to feed 50 people. By the 21st century, only 2% of Americans are farmers. Um, this immigration had been happening in World War II as we were talking about the Great Migration. The new economy really amplifies that. So between 1945 and 75, 30 million people move a year. Um, families are hurt by this. So no one's living near each other. So... Instead of learning from how learning from your mom or your dad and how to raise your child, you're learning from a book, and people are finding it hard to make friendships. This new idea of the Sun Belt, which is Virginia to Florida to Texas to Arizona to California, um, is really getting a nice little boost. Uh, its population population rate goes through the roof. Um, in the 1950s, California accounts for one fifth of American population growth. In 1963, it has the most people. It's a new frontier for jobs and taxes and climates. Um, and the government spends a lot in um, military spending and defense spending in the Sun Belt. So there's electricity issue. There's electricity industry in California and aerospace industry. Aerospace is the word in Florida, and the military is in the South, um, which does hurt your traditional um, producing states in the Northeast and in the Rust Belt of Detroit, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois area. Um, as cities are having trouble rebuilding from the depression and people are finding themselves with more money, people are starting to flee, mainly white people are starting to flee to the suburbs. Um, and the federal housing administration and the veterans administration are encouraging this by the suburbs, they are saying, um, and people are getting tax deductions in their mortgages and there's this construction boom, um, between the 1950s and the sixties and the Levitt brothers are building houses in the suburbs crazy fast and they're standardized um, and they're in large numbers. Um, it's called a Levitt town. Also highways um, start being built at crazy rates in 1960. Um, and by then one in four Americans live in the suburbs. African-Americans then take over the vacant neighborhoods um, and store as stores move to malls, they create their own businesses and, um, but they move to the inner cities, which are generally broke. Um, 
and the FHA says don't loan to black people, um, which is generally based on racism. African Americans are driven into public housing um, and housing that's only for black people as the wealth gap gets larger because um, people's wealth equates often to the value of their home. Um, a lot of men and women get married right after the war. 50 million kids are born by 1960, and you see this new blip on the population curve um, where without new immigration, it's going to be impossible to keep up the rate of addition between 1957 and 1963. In 1970, you have 34 million Americans in elementary school. That number decreases. So after opening all these new schools and hiring all these new teachers, schools are closing and teachers are fired, and the market now has to adjust. So first they're making baby stuff in the 50s and 60s, and then they're making stuff for the teens, and then they're making, uh, you know, jeans that make you look like you're young again, and then they're working on getting these people jobs, and then there's a second baby boom, wave number two, and then Social Security looms in the future. And that, believe it or not, is chapter 35. That, believe it or not, is period seven. Um, Cold War starts, American-Russian tensions go up, everyone arms themselves with these nice little nuclear bombs, um, just think of other important things, um, white Americans move to the suburbs, black Americans move to the city, um, mass economic boom, uh, and everyone's having kids. We'll be back with a midday period review tomorrow. Until then, it is a departure here on Pushing the A.